happen. And just to touch upon something that I saw on Twitter, right? Now, before the game, four hours before the game, the Arsenal Twitter handle updated their fans saying that there's four hours to the game, bolding the letter four and then highlighting Ashavin's four goals. And after the game, because Liverpool won 4 0, that tweet just blew, man. And everybody was just bantering us. Hello and welcome to another recording of the Al and Jerry podcast with me, Jerry, and my buddy Al. What's up, guys? Another week and another manager gets axed. We're all here to be talking about it. <laughs> na, and... na, na, na. All, all is off the wheel. All is off the wheel. No, we, we, we've got to sing it. It might be the last time we actually sing it live. <laughs> you know, we sing this majestic, iconic song, you know. Yeah. All yeah. is at the wheel. So, of course, <laughs> could be one of the last times. But, yeah, definitely it's happy to talk about it. Off the wheel, I guess, huh? He's off the wheel. Yeah, he's off the wheel. The wheels have fallen off. Yeah. I think condolences goes out to all the other fan bases out there. I think United <laughs> fans are there for celebration, but my condolences goes out to all the banter merchants, all the jokers, and all the, the I think, the the, the staunch Oli supporters uh, from Liverpool. Yeah. The Oli in this. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I, so, as you know, I mean, banter aside, um, United have came up with a club statement that day and they have decided to part company with club legend Oli Gunnar Solskjaer after three years, I think. It's just about three years of um, his uh, tenure as a manager. So just to read out the official club statement for you guys, Oli will always be a legend at Manchester United and it is with regret that we have reached this difficult decision. While the past few weeks have been disappointing, they should not obscure all the work that he has done for the past three years to rebuild the foundations for long-term success. Oli leaves with our sincerest thanks for his tireless efforts as manager and our very best wishes for the future. His place in the club's history will always be secure, not just for his story as a player, but as a great man and a manager who gave us many great moments. He will forever be welcomed back at Old Trafford as part of the Manchester United family. Michael Carrick will now take charge of the team's forthcoming games while the club looks to appoint an interim manager to the end of the season. So that was the club statement, guys. And this is what Oli mentioned. This club means everything to me and together we're a good match. But unfortunately, I couldn't get the results we needed and it's time for me to step aside. I'm very, very proud. It's one of those things you dream of in your life. It's been a ball and it's been an absolute enjoyable. It's been absolutely enjoyable from the first to the last minute. I'm so honored and privileged to have been trusted to take the club forward. And I really hope that I leave it in a better state than when I came. And he was a little bit emotional as well during the interview. And another thing he said, Al, which I thought was pretty interesting, he said both the times he left Mulder, they won the league the year after. So I guess there's a little bit of optimism there. <laughs> Maybe is it false optimism? Do you think? What do you think about about the sacking? I think we've made our views very clear, uh, me and you. I think from the start, you know, and we know what's missing. And no disrespect to him, I think he is a responsible man. I think he shouldered the blame a lot of the times, and he did was under a lot of pressure. But I guess now he can slowly 
let all that go and just enjoy the matches as like a former player and a former fan and still have a role in the club. I still feel he will have a role in the club, you know. But but yeah, well, what are your thoughts on it? Now? Definitely, definitely plenty of optimism. I think the title is definitely out of out of question for Man United, but we'll speak about their managerial options in a bit. I think when you look at Solskjaer, I think if you just base it purely on stats, right? I think he's second to Mourinho, right? And yes. I think if you, if you, if you consider like um, most trophies, most this and most that, just most purely on stats. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think Mourinho, Mourinho beats him in that, right? And of course... I think as you were mentioning off air also just now, the the last couple of games has really damned his stats big time. However, this is what I'd say, and this is of course the objective assessment and we try to keep it objective all the time, you and I. So we, we, we look at this and I, I honestly think that he's done a lot of good, but he's also hit the ceiling or reached the ceiling for his expertise and capabilities for Man United as well, right? I think if you look at Solskjaer, what, what he's done, he's come in, he has, in a way, made a really toxic place after Mourinho, one which there was optimism, there was belief. We've got to remember, last season, he was the manager that actually led United to the top of the table and one of the first post-Fergie. That's a big deal, if you really think about it. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's progress, of course, no Man United fan, I think, would, would be settled with getting second place and getting runner up in a, in a European competition, obviously. But there was definitely progress. But I think the progress hit the ceiling after last season. And I think that's where the problem started to creep in. You know, you know when you've got a system and then the second season comes in, teams know your system, teams read your systems, teams try their best to counter against your system. And of course, in addition with another player who who's always going to be in the starting lineup, who doesn't exactly play perhaps to what Ole has been building over the last two years, would require a certain tweak in tactics. And I think that's where he failed. Does he warrant a sack? Definitely. I think he, he should have gotten sacked, if you really ask me honestly, after the Villarreal game. Because that was already alarm bells just ringing yeah. you know, heavily, really very honestly to be looking at it. Of course, they had Liverpool and that was shambles. But really, honestly, I mean, if you look at it, the sacking, there's two things, right? It came from Man United, and I think Manchester United as a club, they've got to really, really be shrewd and smart and really, really importantly good in who they pick next. Because you look at Chelsea a season ago, they were what in somewhat a similar situation. You remember, Jerry, when, when they sacked Lampard, all was not going well, and you know, nothing was going well for them. It looked like they had no tactics. Only Mason Mount was the only one which was firing for Lampard. Everybody else was playing, you know, badly and things like that. But of course, Tuchel came in and somewhat turned it around. And looking at it now, looking at it now, the top of the league, mm. arguably one of the yeah. best teams in the league. And, and, and to say, system. like last year, dude, um, Rudiger was nowhere near that team. Yeah, yeah, Rudiger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Maguire could just pull the Rudiger, you know, yeah. very honestly, if you get somebody who's going and, to... And even, even Jorginho, there was times where people were questioning. Yeah, yeah. People exactly. Jorginho exactly. as well. He was like, 
you know, being bantered in all ways. But I, yeah. I see what you're yeah. saying, Al, because I mean, yeah. one of Ollie's achievements, I feel, last year was that he went on yeah. that away run, right? That run yeah. away from yeah. this, right? Yeah. And what I feel that was missing after this season, especially, is just the efficiency of Bruno Fernandes. Like, you see Bruno Correct. Fernandes, Correct. when he first came under Ollie, right? He was so efficient and he, he was like the focal point of the team. But even what seemed like United's brightest spark has sort of been extinguished, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, aside from the first game of the season, of the season, which was against Leeds, mm-hmm. and I think United really, you know, roller coasted through that game. But yeah. after that, even Bruno Fernandez has looked off, and he's yeah. always been the one to 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 drag United out of a lot of sticky situations. Yeah. And I definitely think you can see that as well with Sancho. You know, Sancho coming yeah. from an attacking-minded team, coming from you know, a clear role in that Dortmund team and now in the United team, it's like mm. he's mm. he's got no identity in that team. Yeah, he, he's lost. They look lost. He looks like, you know, he doesn't know. He he, he looks an average player, you know, from what we've seen in yeah. Dortmund. And, you know, this is, to be very honest with you, I don't think a player turns rubbish overnight, you know. No, no. He, he doesn't, happen doesn't have that clear way. instructions, I think. That's yeah, the, there is no clear... Like instructions, you know, because that's how football works today. This is what I'd say about Ole. I'd say that he he did a lot of good, you know, because we, we cannot discredit that. I think if you really look at it last season, teams like Man City and Liverpool, the top teams in the English Premier League, they look at Man United and they think, hmm, this is a tough fixture here, you know. And I think that that's got to credit Ole in some way, you know. I think that when Mourinho was there, when Van Hal was, well, maybe Mourinho more to Mourinho, I think Man United's play has always been very, very, very backward in a lot of ways. But I think with Ole, he changed that. And mm. there was a sort of a renaissance, I would say. But again, this season was, this season was a season to show that they're actually title contenders. And of course, that's yeah, the next level. And to step. reach that next level, basically. Yeah, and the next level. That's, where, that's yeah. where the problem was. That's so I think he did good. But he fell short. And ultimately, he fell short really badly. And of course, he deserved the sack. But, you know, Man United, honestly, looking at it very objectively, it's still early. What we're, 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 not, we're not in December yet. I think the league is out of reach, but the Champions League isn't, the FA Cup isn't, you know, all these competitions are not. And again, they could do a Chelsea if yeah. they get the right appointment. I hear Pochettino is interested. Not sure. Yeah. You know. In the club statement, though, they said that they would have the interim till the end of the season and probably strike a deal at the end of the season. But, you know, when it comes to the business end of the Premier League, right? Yeah. A lot of these people, they don't mess around, you know, they don't wait for yeah, the opportunity. Yeah, right? you know? yeah exactly. It's interesting because now, now that the scapegoat has been removed or the mm. scapegoat is out of the way, it will mm. really reflect upon the management of the club now. You know, yeah, definitely. In the direction definitely. of the club of how they deal with the situation, because I feel removing Oli is just a start, right? Yeah, it's the yeah. start of whatever rebuild process, or it could even go worse. You know, right now, that's why I think the reaction to this from the club has to be very strong because very important. See, yeah, yeah, you see how Daniel Levy did it, now. and and yeah. and a lot of United fans have said like there's a missed opportunity there because. Exactly, exactly. And he got that demand that he really wanted, you know. And to get Conte in when the season has already started, I, I, I can imagine it probably wasn't easy, you know. But, you know, that, that was the, that, that's how ruthless 
Daniel Levy was in his discussions and in his dealings, you know. Yeah, and, and, and you know, mate, I, what I'd honestly say, I think Conte thinks it's a missed opportunity as well. He, he, he must be scratching his head saying, if only I waited two more weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, think, but, but no, he's yeah. Still, he's still scratching his head watching Emerson Royal play on the right hand side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd be saying, I'd rather have Fred and McDominay. Yeah, he's like, come on, man, my best striker doesn't even want to be here, you know? But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but but you see what Sergio Reguilon said over the weekend. What he said is they were basically asked um, the the interviewer asked him how has it been you know has it been great under Conte he said no it's been the worst three weeks of my life because of <laughs> constant running and constant running yeah so yeah that's that's how he conditions the team and you that's can, how that's how it's done yeah yeah exactly you can clearly totally see difference in that Spurs team you yeah, know yeah they look I resolute Harold, I saw Harold chasing the ball down Al. yeah Harold, yeah who would have thought Saint Harry look, <laughs> looked like it looked like Harold Kane huh? went missing, you know, for a few weeks, but then he was back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but so I mean that 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 is the current situation. I do feel the United Man, Manchester United the board need to make some decisions and make some quick decisions and, yeah. and the right and, decisions ultimately. And, I think and that's that's very important. Process as quickly as possible, really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. enough of haggling for managers and trying to find the right one if there is a manager candidate there are a lot of candidates out there and a lot of candidates yeah. who would you know in a heartbeat take the united job so we're not really going to spend too much time talking about this because there's going to be more developments and maybe one day we'll do a video um where we discuss the different managers after sir alex ferguson yeah definitely definitely yeah so i guess the the final question here is was Oli the right man to take United to that next level? For me, I guess I would say Oli Tabolela. Yeah, ultimately no No, no. The, the wheels have come off badly. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 there is there are no wheels anymore. The wheels are gone. Yeah. No more yeah, wheels. At least, at least, at least his his buddies in Sky Sports can. can yeah. Bring their yeah. their observance. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I honestly dogs. think. Yeah, I think Gary Neville must be the must be the most relieved man in Manchester. You know. No yeah, more haggling yeah, every exactly. single week. He's going to exactly. prove a point finally, every the questions, week. Finally, the questions about Oli can stop <laughs> and they can focus <laughs> on other things. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, but I think like Al, like Al mentioned there just now, I think there are still United are in within reach of a few cups and a few cup yeah, competitions yeah. as well. And, and they could still make a late surge for top four and even top three you know they could challenge that top three and they could whoever, they could yeah it's not out of reach definitely not yeah. out of reach but the right decisions need to be made and i guess that's all we have to say about that Al. um we could get into the united watford game but it seems like it was just going to be another ollie discussion and how it didn't work yeah right? yeah definitely tactics but was a disaster what i read about the game because i i didn't watch the game i think al watched that game and he can give you a clearer picture there but what Ranieri made Watford do was study. That's what Josh King said. Basically, was studied that the way Liverpool pressed uh, United, you know, and it seemed like Watford had pressed United really from the get go. And, and, and yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. And 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 again, that that's that's managerial tactics from game to game. With with United, on the other hand, I don't see how they're playing against Watford, trying to beat Watford, you know. Watford has got many deficiencies in terms of defense. We, we, we saw that. You know, Ranieri is it's a really good coach, like, you know. Let's let's not let's not discredit him. But what I think is that 
you target their weaknesses. There was yeah. nothing like that, you know. And again, that, that's the funny thing with Socha. I mean, we don't, we're not going to get into that, right? Because we've just mentioned that. There was, there was no active change to change any form of tactics, you know. Right. There, was, right. there was nothing. There was basically the same mistakes being carried on. And again, you've got to expect better from your captain, Jerry. I mean, I watched yeah. the game and I know people are saying that Things like this happen, you know, it's Hart just not your day. thinking about the, the night out that he was going to have after the match. Yeah, yeah, no, he, you know, cupping, <laughs> cupping ears didn't actually go to plan then, you know, it looks, yeah, it didn't look exactly, you know, but, but I mean, seriously, your captain has got to be doing better than that. He's the one who's going to be steadying the ship. He's the one that's going to be leading from the front. He's the one that's got to be giving you a 7 out of 10, even in a yeah. bad way they, or a bad performance. You know, you look to yeah. captains like that, you know. You look at people like Henderson, Van Dyke when, when he doesn't play. I mean, when Henderson doesn't play, they rarely they rarely give you this sort of even diabolical Jorginho for Jorginho for Chelsea. Yeah, and for Chelsea. Ruben, you know, Ruben, Diaz, even, Ruben Diaz recently for... Yes, for yes. Even on bad days. I'm, I'm not saying that your captain is going to miraculously win you every game, but this is this this is just... It was diabolical. To steady the ship. To steady the ship. Yeah, you know? steady the ship. The ship you know, because you, you, there are going to be rough waters, you know, and a lot of times exactly, you're not going to be able exactly. to control the ship. But you need a captain there who understands his workers and understands yeah, yeah. his sailors, lah. You know, and they really need to 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 pull together during those rough moments, which I feel that definitely. I think, you know, you, you look at the you look at the traditional yeah. captains, your Keens, your Vieras, your Gerards. They very rarely, exactly. they very rarely had a. I think a good comparison yeah. there, Al, would be with John Terry, you know, because yeah, there were a lot exactly. of times challenged as well. But and, exactly. and to, to be honest, I have to say, Al, because Magu I feel Maguire has been the most vulnerable in this time under Oli, you know. Course, and yeah, when your captain yeah. is the most vulnerable, it it, it it really it doesn't give confidence, you know, it doesn't breathe. It doesn't, it it doesn't. Shows the he, he's the one you look he's the one you look to. Yeah, no? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like you see, with the way John Terry played, to have a centre-back as a captain is never easy because centre-backs are usually the ones who, you know, get the blame when, when, when things go wrong. They can have a great game for 85 minutes, concede a goal and, and be slated, right? Yeah. But the way John yeah. Terry handled himself, it's like nobody could touch him and he was a rock, yeah. real foundation upon which that Chelsea team was built upon. So I feel Maguire, I mean, he still has room to grow. I feel he still has a lot of things to learn. But if there's someone there who can turn him into that rock elf, I think, yeah, I think it's just going to breed confidence for the whole team, you know. Again, again, it's coaching, and, and yeah, exactly. he was a different player at Leicester, you know. Exactly. Even under England, under Southgate in England as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's all to do with tactics, you know. It's all to do with the defense defensive line you have in front of you. And at the moment, Man United have got none of those things. And it's showing, and of course, credit to Watford for taking the chances. I mean, they, they aside from the penalty, the two penalties that were slightly horrifying, I mean, they were actually really good on the day. They were really good. Yeah. They were actually really good on the day. And I thought yeah. they deserved the win. You know, obviously, the, the, the spotlight's going to be on Ole, Man United, whatever not. But, you know, don't, don't discredit Watford. I thought they were fantastic on the day. You know, they yeah. took the chances well. You know, and they exploited Man United's weaknesses, which you know most teams are doing at the moment. But still, you've got to beat what's in front of you, man. That's true. That's true. 
I guess there's not much to say, but it'll be ideal. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah. interested, I'm interested to see what the reaction after Oli sack because I think for a long time, a lot of people went unchecked and unblamed because Oli was the scapegoat. But now yeah. a lot of things yeah. are going to be exposed. And I think Michael Carrick has a job on his hands, but he just really needs to galvanize the troops, tell them what's up and just, you know, try to lift the morale as much as possible. And I think, I yeah, think definitely. it would be fine. Definitely, yeah. They have the players to make it work, Alan. It should be fine. So aside from that, just, yeah, United fans, tell us what you think if you're watching. Let us know what you think about that whole situation and probably who you would, would you like as a candidate. I think we spoke about this uh, in one of our early videos and there are a few candidates out there, but Al pointed out Eric Ten Hag, you know, and the job that he's done at IX. And I think that's a good shout as well. I think Zidane with his track record with Ronaldo and some of those big names, yeah. Yeah. I think is someone else who could, you know, I think he could make a difference as well. But we will see. We will see when time goes. So moving on from that match and the whole Oli situation to the rest of the teams, I guess we will start at the top of the table with um, goal scoring was... defense FCL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm no longer Chelsea FC is goal scoring yeah. with all who the needs uh, strikers who needs yeah. strikers they're, man exactly their defensive players are getting the goals <laughs> yeah, but yeah I, I watched that Chelsea and Leicester game and it was mm. another convincing performance but El, I wanted, yeah. my, I wanted to speak to you about that Chelsea game which I found really interesting so I was watching the first half of that match and Chelsea didn't really weren't really as efficient at the, in the first 15 minutes, obviously, until Kante got the goal. Right? I think once mm. Kante got the sorry, once Rudiger got the goal, everything opened yeah. up, right? So Rudiger yeah, got the goal yeah. first from a corner. From a corner. Right? Yeah. So until Kante scored, I could see Tuchel just shouting at the players. He was even having yeah, a goal yeah. at Kante just before yes. Kante scored, you know. And Chelsea were playing fine because we know that Chelsea plays expensive. They play with the wing backs and wide. They're 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 a very wide team, you know. They're wide right, attacking yeah. team, right? So basically, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have seven players attacking, including Reese James and Chilwell, and three players at the back they're covering, right? Yeah. So yeah, they definitely have their roles there. And I think Tuchel has made that clear. But I saw him just slating the team, shouting at the team, taking notes even before halftime. I think before halftime, three times he went to his notepad and was taking notes. And you can see he's like an absolute perfectionist. Even though the team was playing well, he was still spotting like little weaknesses, right? And yep. he was putting them yes. worse on those weaknesses. It was kind of funny because he was having a go at Kante and then Kante just decided to take the ball, run through the whole midfield and <laughs> take a shot from outside the box and scored. And he looked surprised as well, but he was like, okay, wow, good reply. Yeah, and, and what a goal. And what a goal it was. What a goal it was. Exactly, Al. And I have to say that team, Al, um, just the the efficiency of Ben Chilwell and Reese James, knowing when to go up, knowing when to stay back, they just add, because with the five players there, which are Jorginho, Kante, Mount, hudson Odoi, and Havertz, they're just supporting them in attack, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Um, you've got Rudiger and Chaloba, they're covering at the back. So, you know... Um, yeah, I, I felt I felt it was a really strong performance. I tried to find some weaknesses in it, but I couldn't because Chelsea were so efficient and they kept the clean sheet as well. And Mendy had a good good few saves, but it's obvious. Mendy had a very good save from Amarty, I think. Was it was it Amarty? Amarty had a thunderbolt strike. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And 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 what I think here is 
basically out that Tuchel is just a perfectionist and he knows what he's doing. He's a master at his craft. He knows how to, to, to make sure that the players don't even fall off or, or, or switch off for even a second, right? And he's constantly on your back, hounding you, hounding you. But eventually, that's what you need. A lot of people might say he's too much of a perfectionist or he shouts too much or blah, blah, blah. But he looks like someone who really does not take things lightly. You know, he looks uh, like yeah, he, he does. He, he's very, very assertive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wants is. to assert that same character that he brings out into his players. And you can see that very well because I look at the Chelsea players and I say, wow, you guys are really Tuchel's men. You know, I, I don't think of anything else when I look at Chelsea players. I say they yeah, are they're playing for him. They, they, they're they, certainly they playing for him. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I not thought Chelsea would break. Not much to say yeah. about Leicester L because... They, they did look like... No, but, but, but I'd like to ask you, Jerry, I'd like to ask you, yeah. is the next managerial casualty going to be Brendan Rodgers? Because it's just not happening for them at Leicester. Yeah. You know, apart from the win against Man United. You know, like is, they, they, and Didi looked really poor, yeah. you know, on Saturday. And I thought Jamie Michael, Vardy you know, was... Michael as, as well. He's always that guy who's very... Confident, he's very solid. Yeah. Even he yeah. was making mistakes passing out from. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think Leicester tried to match Chelsea with the formation, right? Three four three, yeah. right? But it yeah. didn't work. Backfired massively. You know, I thought I thought even their lineup also. I questioned Brendan Rodgers for not playing Madison and um, and Ekelechi um, uh, yeah. and Nacho because he yeah. didn't start with them, isn't it? And I'm thinking, why 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 didn't you start with your best players? You know, why did you start with Lukman and um, Harvey Barnes? Okay, Harvey Barnes, I can get it. I think they wanted to have more width. Harvey Barnes gives you width. You know, he runs and he's direct. But I thought he should have started at least with Yenacho. You know, because essentially 2-0 down halftime, I think they were, you know, basically Chelsea had one foot on the game already after that. You know, I think it was very difficult for Leicester to come back. Hey, you know what? I think, honestly, this continues on. That could be the next managerial casualty, man. But but again, Leicester, they don't operate like this. Now. I think Leicester, they operate a little, a little bit differently. You know, the, the, the owner has got a very, very positive way of dealing with the club. But again, you know, results business, right? We, we never know. We never know what's going to happen. And if results don't go Leicester's way, then, you know, there might be another manager, you know? Yeah. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer might right take now, charge right now, of Leicester. Looking at the table. <laughs> you might, right? uh, yeah. Looking at the table and Leicester said that it's 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 not a comfortable position definitely yeah. but still it's not, it's not yeah. a completely bad position as well but what i do think is that they will put their faith in brendan rogers because let's not forget that he did get a trophy for them last year after a long time and it mm. you know it was a big thing him winning the fa cup for them last year you mm. know and they have made progress into europe but what mm. i do think is that i don't think they would sack him prematurely as in you know, just um, an impulsive action. I think it would come after a lot of deliberate, like you know, a lot of um, contemplation and and and, and yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and thinking. You know, but um, what I do feel if Leicester starts to drop further down the table, basically, mm. and drop into the bottom five, his job is going yeah. to be under pressure for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we'll never know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, man. Yeah, because yeah, just... that bottom six, right? That bottom yeah. six consists of Aston Villa, Watford, Leeds, Burnley, Norwich, and Newcastle, right? Aston Villa, Watford, Norwich, and Newcastle all have new managers now. 
and will be looking yeah. to climb the table. I mean, Norwich just got their first win, second win of the season <laughs> last mm. over the weekend. You know, yeah, yeah, um, what yeah massive for them, huh? Yeah, Watford as well. Two wins for Ranieri, and they're climbing up. Yeah, Newcastle now they haven't got a win yet, but they have Eddie Howe now at the helm. So yeah. that Brandon might change. That might soon change. Exactly because. Yeah. Below him is Southampton, Brentford, Aston Villa, Watford, Leeds, Burnley, Norwich, yeah. and Newcastle. And they're not really far off Leicester, I feel. Yeah. They're yeah, around exactly. the same form, you know. Um, so it's going to be an interesting end of the season. Uh, really, it's going to be an interesting one, dude, because all these teams now that are at the bottom, they have new managers and new impetus, sort of, you know. So, yeah, I yeah, guess. I guess yeah. So. Aside from Leicester, there's really not much to mention there about them, but just to see how well they can sort of pick up and, and get their season starting, really. But with Chelsea L, it's hard to find weaknesses in them. I mean, if your defenders score L, it just shows how confident the team is, you know. It's like... Yeah, no, definitely. Like, they're definitely. almost taking the pitch now, you know. They're almost like... Yeah. There's, there's a bravado to the way Chelsea play. It's yeah. like they know yeah. you're not going to break them down, you know, and they slowly just way down at you with the pressing and the bearing forward and this is without a team without Lukaku a team without Werner yeah exactly know? that's another good point yeah, yeah. They, they're not playing with that star player and, and, exactly. and yet the results are being racked exactly. up like this yeah exactly Chelsea fans I have to say this might be the season for your, you guys to do it because if Tuchel fails to win the league, the, the league this season I feel there's going to be a few questions asked but I think they're in prime position to really to really because if they can stay defensively solid, uh, I don't see any team that's breaking them down or stopping that run. No, I, honestly, they're, they're my pick. La. They're my pick for the favourites. I know yeah. Liverpool, and, yeah. Liverpool and City are the fancier pick. I think they play yeah. much more fancier football. But I think Chelsea has that, that resoluteness towards them that just tells you hmm, they might go on this run and they look really good. So, yeah, yeah. I agree with you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you yeah. on that. Yeah, so Chelsea fans... Looking forward to that, I guess. So moving on, either of the City game, Liverpool, Liverpool game, huh? I watched Liverpool game, of course. Okay. Um, right. I watched um, highlights of the, the the City game. They were they were really good, honestly, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the best performances I've seen by City this season. Um, Liverpool and Arsenal. Right? Oh yeah, Rodgers. man. Even he's starting to have a knack for goal scoring now. You know, it's exactly, like, exactly. It, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be really close this season I think yeah. on a very yeah. neutral perspective I think it's really good that they've got three teams gunning for the title at least this season I think that's yeah. fantastic no as a Liverpool fan I'm not looking forward to the African Cup of Nations We're gonna yeah I know I was going to touch on that I was going to yeah. touch on that you know yeah. I, I think yeah, we should we should because yeah. I mean Jota um, he works well with them you know and I feel yeah exactly them there you know yeah. it would be interesting yeah. to see how whether in January, Klopp is just going to try and, you know, bring someone in. You know, I think we'll have... He could. Yeah. He might, he might, you know. He really, he might. Yeah. Already. And, and it'll, it'll be a good chance because, um, Al, you you do the Liverpool... Um, Arsenal. Uh, Liverpool-Arsenal yeah. analysis, right? You, you just tell, tell me what you think and everything and then we'll yeah, discuss yeah, it. Yeah. Then, right? But just mention the Binamino part because what Klopp said after the game was that yeah. Out of all the players, he he voted Minamino as the player of the week or player of that, mm. that of that match purely because mm. he's so efficient in the sense that he can play four positions that Liverpool were missing. So he can play in the midfield, he can play yeah. the left wing, right wing, he can play as a false nine. Middle. As well. 
Yeah, yeah. So he has four roles there, and Klopp says that's going to become very useful. And Minamino has been slowly taking his chances, dude. And I yeah, feel he, he might be the one to be that midfielder for us too. Not the Bellingham, Wijnaldum type midfielder, but the Coutinho type midfielder. You know? Correct, correct. Yeah. yeah. A playmaker so sort of role. Just give your analysis and just touch on that point a little bit. Because I felt what Klopp said there was it might be a, a revelation for the future because yes. once Mane and Chala go for their internationals, uh, we're going to have to rely on him. And, and yeah, don't forget Keita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, but Keita is not going to be much of a miss, to be honest, I feel. I feel Thiago and Chamberlain, even Chamberlain played really well, I thought. I mean, attacking yes. he didn't really do much, but defensively, the amount of times he had made the run into the defensive box and cleared the ball off, you know, like there were so many times he he basically marked Saka out of the game in certain yeah. situations because Saka he plays on the right wing but he drifts centrally you know he comes yeah. centrally to, to, to connect crosses or have headers and there were two times yeah, and, I, and I remember Chamberlain yeah. was just you trying know, to follow him into tackle. the box. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. yeah all right so we'll just continue eh? okay now we're gonna do Liverpool Arsenal now right yes Ars- Liverpool Arsenal then we'll do the City Everton and then mention a few of the others lah. Okay, soon, soon. We will we'll try to round it off by 11.30 latest, lah. 11.20, try 11.20, 11.30 like that. Okay, cool, cool. Pick up the pace a little bit. All right. And you guys are live so, in three, two. So moving on uh, from that Chelsea Chelsea uh, analysis there. Um, another big game over the weekend. Um, Liverpool's favourite... Liverpool Arsenal. Yeah, Liverpool's favourite opponents. Yeah, they're hunting <laughs> team. <laughs> <laughs> the team that they love to come to, they, I don't think Arsenal fans really like to come to Anfield. It's not really been a happy hunting ground for them. Yeah. What could you tell me about the match, Al? Because I no, saw people saying after the game that, you know, it's it's all great doing this against the Leicesters and the Watfords and all. But, I mean, these are... Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah no, I, 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 I get that. And I just to touch upon something that I saw on Twitter... Right now, before the game, four hours before the game, the Arsenal Twitter handle updated their fans saying that there's four hours to the game, holding the letter four and then highlighting Ashavin's four goals. And after the game, because Liverpool won four nil, that tweet just blew, man, and everybody was just bantering us. So, so you know that that, that was that was one of the highlights also of post game. But but you know, I, I looked, I watched that game. And honestly, Jerry, when, when, I, when I watched that game, I thought Arsenal, Arsenal were decent yeah. for about half an hour of that game. I thought, I thought that they, were, they were in it to a certain degree. I thought they, Liverpool... But I have to say Ramsdale certainly kept them in the yeah, game. Yeah, Ramsdale, Ramsdale kept them in it. But I thought that they could have done better. I thought Smith Rowe and Aubameyang and those guys, Lacazette, they could have done better. But I didn't, I didn't feel... For any certain extent that it was going to be another City Arsenal game at that point at least, right? And, and if you remember during that game, there was a turning point between the managers, right? Right. Arteta and Klopp, yeah. Right. Yeah. Arteta when that happened, oh my god, <laughs> that, yo, was so awesome. that was so when awesome. When that happened, straight away, man, Liverpool looked at that and said, "Hey, you know what? These fellas are touching our manager. We're gonna yeah. show them." And all of a sudden, yeah. boom. 4-0. Because you know, basically the situation going? came after Mane, Mane and Tomiyasu both went for the ball. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah, Mane didn't yeah. intentionally try to touch him. It was, a, it was, I think it was a very clean 
uh, attempt to get the ball. I, I didn't see any malice in that at all. Yeah. But Atleta fled up, right? And he lost his cool first, right? Yeah. And then Klopp yeah. responded. And then all, both the benches got up and, and the fans immediately... Yeah, know, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And they, 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 did Ateta yeah. lose his cool first? Was it Ateta yeah, that yeah, lost it his was cool Ateta first? Ateta who lost his cool first because he was shouting and basically saying that's a foul, he should be carded. And Klopp right. was saying, are you, are you stupid? That's not a foul, you know? And then that's where it kicked off. I think. Right, right, right. You know? So honestly, yeah. honestly, watching that foul in real time, I thought there was really nothing that much. Yeah, it so didn't much look that, that, yeah, in it or whatever. It been a lot worse actually. Yeah, yeah. No, but but Liverpool, Liverpool were Liverpool rolled on the style after that. You know, I think turning point or not, I think they they picked up a few gears. And and you know, I just want to mention a few things about Liverpool. Trent Alexander Arnold, the creative genius. Oh. Yeah, TAA, you know, the best right foot since David Beckham, people have been saying. You know? <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, you know, and, and, you know, I think a few things to just point out. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about the front three, you know, but I think in, this, in games like this, Oxlade-Chamberlain did a lot of defensive duties. That yeah, if you look at Oxlade-Chamberlain historically coming from Arsenal, the defensive duty that he did in that Arsenal game, I thought that was fantastic. I think Klopp, for one, would have definitely been really proud with that. And, and, and you know, the thing is, watching Liverpool games, I haven't really rated Thiago that well. I thought he's, he's been having somewhat of a slow season last season, didn't really come into the team, didn't really perform well, even this season for that matter. But I thought when he, and what he, alongside Fabinho against Arsenal, he was fantastic. I thought he was, he was confident. I think I think also that was down to perhaps Arsenal not really aggressively pressing on to him. Yeah, I thought had the quite time on the ball. ball. Yeah, yes, but but he was he was good. He looked good. Yeah. And and again, this is this is definitely going to be giving Klopp a good headache in terms of options, right? And and again and again, the other thing is also I saw Minamino coming off the bench, getting a goal, good for his confidence. And Klopp, of course, in the post-match conference mentioned that. He was one of the players that was performing really well, and 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 what he's been doing in training, and of course the goal warranted that definitely. And I'm just looking at that. I'm thinking on the on on perspective of Jurgen Klopp, right? I'm thinking of this. I'm thinking in January Liverpool are going to be losing arguably two of their most threatening forwards in Salah and Mane. Yeah, and and, and Nabi as well. Yeah, Nabi as well. And I'm thinking of yeah. that, and I'm balancing it out against Chelsea and um. And, and Man City, I'm thinking this is where Liverpool could really struggle. But but looking at the Liverpool Arsenal game, if you've got Minamino firing like this, you know, if Klopp can tell Minamino, look, I, I need you to be my guy in yeah. January. I need you to be the guy. Because Minamino is, is versatile. Yeah. You know, when he played in the League Cup, you saw him play in the middle, you saw him drifting out left. He He's could been also on the right play. wing and the left wing. What yeah. I think. Do you think this, what Klopp might do, just to, to predict here, do you think he might go for Firmino in the middle, obviously, with yeah. the centre forward yeah. there? Yeah, he could. Uh, Jota he could. on the left and, and Minamino on the right, you know? Yeah, that could yeah. Work. Obviously, with Origi there in the picture as well, you know? Those are Firmino, Firmino, historically looking at him, Klopp has always mentioned this in his conferences, he always says that Firmino's off-the-ball work, things that you don't see on your live TV, is yeah. just so good to watch and how he brings yeah. the others. He, he's like he's like the conductor to the orchestra, you know, in a lot of yeah. ways. And if he could do, if he could do that same work 
to benefit someone like Minamino, then of course Liverpool are Liverpool are all right for January. Of course, easier yeah. said than done. You know, I haven't yeah. looked at their fixture list in January, but of course, if yeah. Minamino can be firing, if he can get his confidence right, because they've got the team behind it. You know, I think I think that's 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 the silver lining perhaps towards this little problem of this African Cup of Nations. But you know, on a whole, Liverpool looked really good. I think I think that's been consistent over the last few weeks. But you know, moving on a little bit to Arsenal, Jerry. Um, we've been praising them, right? We've been yeah, we've been and, praising and, them. And to, and to be honest, I felt that I, I I felt that they could have done a little bit better on that right uh, that right wing. So Arsenal's left hand side was very very vulnerable, right? I think yeah. Bruno Tavares yeah. was very vulnerable, and it yeah. compounded in his pass to to Jota, his misplaced pass to yeah. Jota, and Jota scoring the second goal. I think from yeah. then on onwards, Liverpool was just attacking down that side of the wing. See, Salah was uncovered for his goal, and Arnold just um crossing the ball in for the Minamino tap in as well, all from that right hand side. That was the only weakness I saw really in the Arsenal team. Aside from but, but, that, but, I couldn't really say much, you know. But what did you think? Yeah, but Jerry, you know, I mean, I, I look at it, I'm thinking, I've been praising Arsenal over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, it, it's great to, to, to beat your Leicesters and whatnot and, and come off convincingly and people waxing lyrical over um, their goalkeeper and whatnot and so on and so forth. But yeah. they've been losing to the top teams and they might go and beat Man United. They're playing Man United, Man United somewhere along two weeks now or whatever, but they lost to City, lost to Chelsea, now, of course, he lost to Liverpool 4-0. You think Ateta's the right man? I mean, is it is it just primarily top five that Arsenal are looking for? I mean, is this another case of I've reached my ceiling, I can't go any more than that? Because yeah. for the first half an hour, I thought they looked all right. I didn't think that they were spectacular, but I thought they were in the game. Thanks to the keeper, of course, a lot of times. But after the goal started going in, you know, it, it, it looked almost a dead and buried game, but do you think Arteta's the right guy, man? I mean, what do you think? I I think he 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 almost. I mean, it seems like a poison chalice now, but he, he almost has that Oli role, you know, where he did sort of add something different to to Arsenal in terms of recruitment, in terms of a style of play there, right? But I think the best managers out there have had. The experience, right? Yeah. This is Ateta's first job, really. You know, I mean, he used to put out the cones for Pep Guardiola, right? And yeah. this is his yeah. first proper job. So I definitely think that at Arsenal is a hard place to learn on the job and, and to win things and to get them to win the league and, and everything like that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's definitely going to take more time than that. And, and then what I think a lot of Arsenal fans are willing to give right because he 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 looks like he can galvanize the players he can get them to play the style he wants and everything like that and i think the players also have a certain amount of respect for him yeah, right yeah but i think there are still a few missing pieces in that arsenal team i think they could do it another midfielder i think having sambi lakonga there right to support thomas Partey, He's still a young kid, you know. I mean, he should. No, lacking experience, definitely. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Right? I think the defense is fine. I think, I think, long term, towards the end of the season, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of Kieran Tierney because I think his maturity is going to be there, 
right? I think there are a few immature moments from Nuno Tavash, and, and he's still a young kid, so I'm not going to like, you know, slate him or anything like that. He has had good performances and there's a lot of potential there. There's a very high ceiling. But I do feel Arsenal's front line needs a little bit of... Because I feel Alba is slowly falling off, you know? And obviously, maybe he's just hit a bad run of form. But last year, he yeah. had a very horrible year, right? And a lot of fans are questioning whether this year would be the year for him to step up again. But yeah. I, 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 I think Arsenal need to make a decision because they either let go of Lacazette in the summer, right? And keep Abba, basically, and re-sign him to a new deal. Or they lose... I mean, they sell Abba and give Lacazette a new deal. Either one, either one, yeah. Or even yeah. both could go because, I mean, you know Arteta, Al, he's not going to, yeah. you know, he's not, he, he, he wants a hardworking player, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Lacazette's a hardworking player, right? But he's just, he doesn't have a defined striker role there now mm. because they're trying to accommodate Obama Young in the team, isn't it? Yeah. I think Arsenal need to go out there and just get like, I, I mean, I saw a lot of talk about this Dusan Vlahovic guy. You know, and he's a few goals against Milan over the weekend. You know, I think Arsenal need to go for a striker like that. A striker is young, energetic, and, and, and can bring sort of, and can, can work well with Saka and Emil Smith Rowe. You know, yeah. because yeah. I see a lot of the times when Emil Smith Rowe and Saka are attacking, Aubameyang is trying to catch up with them, you know. Yeah, and yeah the he doesn't have the pace. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's the weak link and he's only going yeah. to lose the pace. I think Oba right now, at this point in his career, he could give it one more, two more years at Arsenal. But I do think he would move on to a league where it's, there's a lot less pressure. I feel at yeah. Arsenal, there's just too much pressure. And too much pressure on him, his shoulders, because he is the captain and he's leading from the front, right? And, and it's not easy. It's not, it's not an easy role. And I, I do think he would like a role that's a lot more, that he can just focus on his game and focus on his goals. Right now, he's the captain. Right now, he's leading the line. Right now, he's the guy who's supposed to be, you know, galvanizing the troops. Right now, he's the main attacking threat that Arsenal had for many years. There's just too much responsibility, I feel. You know, I think they need to take the pressure off Arba and, 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 and put it on some young kid who's willing yeah, to, to do the graph. There's just too much of emphasis on yeah. him. And of course, when he yeah. doesn't deliver, then question marks yeah. all over. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of decisions for Arteta to make. So I'm not going to sit here and say, no, Arteta is not the right man for the job. I do feel that there are better managers out there and better managers who can do things a lot faster. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Arsenal are going to play this waiting game and, and just yeah. see what we can do, you know? Who knows, yeah. another another transfer window and he might actually have the full squad he needs, right? Yeah, yeah. But I definitely say that Ateta is not an elite manager. I don't even think yeah. he's a world-class manager. I think he's a yeah. professional manager, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to call yeah. Ateta world-class after two years in the job at Arsenal, you know? And, and this was a telling game because I, I was really interested to look at how Arsenal were going to approach yeah, this game. Exactly. Because they, they, they were in a good run of form. Let's not forget that. They were in a good run of form and I didn't think they would win. But I thought they would have given it a go. I thought, you know, predictions before the game, I was thinking of maybe a 2-1 Liverpool yeah. or, or, or maybe somewhere along the lines of, say, Arsenal making a draw 1-1 or something like that. And I thought that would have been a good result for them. Honestly, doing the Anfield getting a draw, that would have been a good result for them. But it, it all just fell off the rails a little bit after the first goal and yeah, mistakes, and Trent, you know. Trent was just having too much space, to be honest. Yeah, no, he was. He was, definitely. Definitely. And, and, and funnily, they were trying to play out from the back 
yeah. obviously sometimes suicidal against Liverpool and playing out from the back really badly. Ben White made a few costly errors that did not cost a goal, obviously, but could have very yeah. easily. I mean, so, I so mean, this, like this said, concerns. That, that, yeah, that, that trying to play out from the back didn't work when Nuno Tavares passed it to Jota. But I just wanted to ask you, El, what, what a performance yeah. by Diego Jota. Diego Gold Jota, they call him. Yeah. Diego, and, and, and Trent, obviously. But what a performance from Jota. I mean, like, another underrated piece of business, I feel, for yeah. Liverpool, you know? Yeah. No, I think I think it's, it's slowly showing that he's one of Klopp's favourite players to start. Yeah, and I think apart from the hard work, which obviously is very vital in the Klopp team, it's very clear that you can see that he has that, that he has a touch of grace. It looks like he fits into this Liverpool team so well. It looks like yeah. he plays well with, with players like Salah and your monies and all of these things and so on. And, and he's hit the ground running. I mean, if you really think yeah. about it, I think he's fantastic you know of course the injury didn't do him really good and he missed a couple of games few games um but but yeah i mean jota is another one how he plays with your likes of minamino and all of these players in january is very vital because he's been getting the goals let's not forget that as well all right and he took his goal really well i know of course it's it's one of those things where people say oh you know professionals should be able yeah but should be able to score this but you know, you still need that skill to take it past the keeper, very coolly slot it into the net. And, and yeah. small little details like this, line. I think that he's, he is definitely a vital part for the league, for the Champions League, because I see Klopp definitely selecting him a lot. And, and you never know when these players come back from the African Cup of Nations, fatigue, all of these things. These are things which are, which are which I'm, I'm sure playing on the manager's mind, right? So, definitely, he is going to have to step up. Firmino definitely has to step up. Minamino has to step up. All these players have to step up. You know, Thiago and all yeah. these fellas. There yeah, could but, be but, even but, for some of the Liverpool youngsters like Harvey Elliott coming back from his... Harvey game. Elliott, yeah. yeah, yeah Pat exactly. Gordon who's been on the bench. Even yeah. Tyler Morton came on for Liverpool a bit. Yeah. A bit yeah. yeah. But yeah, moving on from Chelsea, Liverpool. Now we go to the third best team in England, I guess, Elf. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's the second best team in England. They're not even the best team in Manchester, mate. <laughs> oh, Man City fans are going to be yeah, no, <laughs> clamoring me. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, City. Luckily, just That's to say, but, but yeah, I mean, I watched that City game, Al, and they were just um, steamrolled past Everton. Oh, they were, they were. Even, even Rafa, with all his, his, his thinkers there, it didn't, really, it didn't really work for them, you know. And, different um, class, man. Just different yeah, class. Really different class because in terms of possession, in terms of intensity, you cannot fault that team, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. Raheem Sterling had a really good game. And obviously, I mean, he went for a different start starting lineup there. He started with Cole Palmer yeah. in the middle, Phil yeah. Foden yeah. on the left, and yeah. Raheem Sterling on the right. And I felt that Raheem Sterling had a good game and he could make, uh, there could be a resurgence. I think he's just lost form. Yeah. I'm not going to say mm. he's dropped as a player or he's no longer the player he was. I think he just has a lack of confidence and a little bit of dropped form there with all the attacking options that, that City have. But I was impressed with Sterling, especially him getting the goal and, and, and just his overall work rate and everything. I think I think he can work well with, with Phil Foden, Gabriel Jesus, and he might be at this moment a better option compared to Grealish. I think Grealish still has a higher ceiling. He has a lot of time, right? But Raheem Sterling right now can give can give you a lot more than what Grealish does, I think, to be honest. You know? 
And um, did you see Cancelo's pass for the third goal? Or was it, oh, sorry, was it, it was the first goal, right? It was, yeah, it was Cancelo's pass. He got the assist for Sterling's yeah, goal. Yeah, for Sterling's and, goal. And what a pass, right? What yeah, and, pass and it was, man. Oh, my day. Eye of the needle, Sterling. Yeah, 1-0 yeah, City. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cancelo is looking a beautiful player, man. Like, legitimately, yeah. I, I I questioned his arrival. I was like, did City even need to buy Joao Cancelo? You yeah, know, but yeah. he's just made that left-back spot his own. And yeah, really, yeah. he's 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 become one of the the the, the important attacking players in 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 um, Guardiola's team, in terms of these attacking fullbacks and everything, and um, Bernardo Silva as well. Hardworking is always always there to get the half chances to look for those opportunities. But oh, I think yeah, God, I think this what is what a goal! Yeah. What a goal from Rodrigo! Yeah, man, what a goal! I mean, yeah, yeah definitely. City just Rodrigo just looked so good on the day, like. Yeah, dude, these goal goals are definitely icing on the cake. Such a belter, bro. Like, like no chance at all for the keeper to save that, you know. And and and, and I I just want to add one thing. Looking at Bernardo Silva, right? I think this is his best season so far for Man City. Yeah. I think he has one been of, one, of. one of their standout, lah. You know, for this year, I definitely. think he has been just fantastic. And yeah, because good point on so the. He, he can play anywhere in that front tree, but right now he's playing in the midfield tree. Yeah, you know. he was. He was next to uh, Rodri, wasn't Rodri. he? Yes, he was yeah, on the yeah. right side of Rodri. So he was playing just behind Sterling, you know. Yeah. And and he's a he's an, another one of those perfect players to have in the team. He's a little bit like Jota, I would say, maybe a little bit like um, a little bit like Firmino as well in the way that he just attacks the ball, tries yeah. to look for killer passes, you know. Yeah. And he's yeah. always dangerous in terms of on that right wing, especially he has a wand of a left foot, you know, and um. I, I think, I mean, I, I look at the City's team, it's it's just really going to be a matter of who can, you know, have a shock victory over City and sort of derail yeah. their, their, yeah, their. But I, I don't see, I mean, they're not as reliant on Sadio Mane and, and Salah like Liverpool are. They have a lot of options there. And and honestly, I feel they, they could be a very strong second. Or they, they could even go on a run like they did last year and, and usurp Chelsea. I think the ball is now in Tuchel's court, right? And Guardiola will be trying to attack that court and get that ball back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because no, I, I mean, team, I have to say, Al, this City team, they work better under pressure, you know? I feel when the pressure is off and, and, and they're chill, that's when... They're getting lax a bit, la. they get lax exactly. a bit. But when yeah. the pressure comes, that's when they seem to perform, like, you know, ruthlessly. I think I think when I look at Man City, this is this is why when I look at them, I'm thinking, yeah, the pressure thing definitely could pick out. And when I watched the game against Everton again, again, I was thinking, you know, Benitez he's very, very organized. You know, he, he came up with a 4-4-1-1. And I think that this is gonna be a team, uh, this is gonna be a game where City is probably gonna have to work extra hard. But it was class all over and and Everton were just nowhere near you know, for the whole 90 minutes. They, they were they were second best for almost the whole game, you know, very, very honestly. And City, City definitely, if you, if you look at their team, I think they didn't play Grealish, right? Grealish did not play, isn't it? No, did he, he, come didn't, off the, didn't yeah, he didn't yeah. play. Riyad Mahrez came off the bench. And uh, Jason McAtee even came off the bench. Yeah, they, they, they think, still uh, have... James McAtee, uh, a youngster yeah, they, right now, a midfield youngster under 21. 
There's yeah. still Gabriel Jesus. Phil Foden is still growing. It's, yeah. it's definitely happy days for Man City looking forward. And of course, I still think, I still think that they, Chelsea would have to drop points no matter how good City are. And I think that's going to be, that, that's going to be an interesting thing come, come to the season ending because I think City definitely look, really look, really very good. So it's going to be, it's interesting. And, I, and, I, and, the, and the thing that I, I look at it most is I enjoy it. It's going to be a three-horse race, I think, for almost the whole part of the season. You know, unless, of course, West Ham miraculously joins the party as well, which I don't think is going to happen. But hey, yeah. never know. But I think you know, for the majority of it, three, three of them are going to be pushing each other. But yeah, man, City on the day, fantastic. Just can't stop saying enough good about them because I think they were really good. One of the best games that I've watched Man City play this season so far. Right, yeah. And, and really, it's, I think it's just a three-horse race this year. And yeah, yeah. By, the, by next year, we will sort of get to know, but really good performance. So yeah. we're sort of running out of time, guys. So we're just going to quickly go through some of the, some of the games there. I mean, I think this was a goal-scoring weekend, right? Yeah. Match well, it's going to be seen as one of the biggest goal-scoring seasons, I think. I mean, weeks, match weeks for, for, for this season, right? Um, a few honourable mentions obviously go out to um, Aston Villa. And I think um, they were very intense on the start. I think Brighton had the better start, but yeah. Aston Villa had the better um, last 10 minutes and they really killed the game there at the end. Uh, I think wonderful goal by... Um, Holly Watkins, Holly Tyron Watkins. Mings. Even yeah, Tyron Mings yeah. his contribution. And they look like they're up for it now. I mean, the, the fans look like they're up for it. The players look like they're up for it. And this is, don't get, I mean, let's, let's, let's not, let's not even like, let's be real here. That, that's, that's a Brighton team that's good. Al. And yeah, it is. Like it this, is. Yeah. I thought would get the better of Aston Villa. I, I, I thought it might be a draw or loss for Stevie's first game. But I mean, it was a really good, um, a really, really good uh, performance there by Aston Villa. And I'm um, looking forward to see how he galvanizes the team because towards the end of the game, the energy levels were still really high and ultimately that's yeah. what won the game because both the goals came 84th minute, 89th minute, you know? Yeah. No, and, and, and the other thing is that, which is a very, which is a thing which happens to everybody, Aston Villa, I feel, are going to be going on a new manager bounce now, which means that yeah. they're going to be starting to rack up the points, right? Hey, but yeah, I mean... Go up the table, we go... <laughs> yeah, yeah, troops, huh? and 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 uh, the, his favorite songs. Yeah, but definitely, definitely, I think good on Villa. I thought, you know, and again, just to touch a bit on Steven Gerrard, I think coming from Rangers, I think this is definitely a step up for him. You know, and I think it's a good. Aston Villa is a good club, You know, yeah. heritage club. You know, good set of fans, proper fans, and again, I think they're going to rack up the results now. Obviously. With yeah, a new manager and whatnot. Test, I think next next week to see Aston Villa go up against Crystal Palace, you know. That oh yeah. Interesting yeah. battle between Vera and Gerard. <laughs> it's like yeah, uh, yeah. early 2000s. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah kicking it back old school, thousand style. Vera Gerard yeah. off the pitch now. Together, yeah. I mean yeah. going against each other on the sidelines, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, another honorable mention goes to to goes to Spurs, I feel, just to quickly give you guys a run through, Al, I'm just going to do a quick run through. You can interrupt me anytime. I think yeah, uh, ahead, Spurs man. were the, the second best in that first half. I think Lee started the game way better. They were really intense. They got that goal, got the first goal. But Al, but Al, there was a comeback. 
you know, and the team yeah. eventually did push through and, and, and Sergio Reguilón got that goal, Hoiberg got that mm. goal. Hoiberg looks a hell of a player under Conte, by the way, and looks to be Conte's, one of Conte's favourite players. Still mm. a lot of room for improvement in that Spurs team, but I, 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 I already see a lot of changes in terms of intensity, in terms of uh, just calmness even on the ball, you know, and keeping possession as well. Something I didn't see in the Nuno. And they're relentless in terms of attacking, always overlapping, wing backs always making those overlapping runs, you know. Mm. And um, I think it was a good first game at at, at the at the at Spurs Stadium for for yeah. Conte, looking to bounce from there. So aside from that, that was a good game. That was not not yeah. that match. Another, Conte getting uh, his first win as well. Yeah, exactly. Another honourable mention goes out to Wolves. I think Wolves have had their the the best team outside the top four at the moment, top five. Yeah, mm. behind Arsenal in sixth position, and, and they've been quietly doing their business as well. I think there was a little bit of a slow start in these first three games, right, for the Bruno Lage. But as you can see now, Wolves are slowly sort of catching back that form and 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 and, and being clinical, you know, and um, they kept a clean sheet against a very good West Ham team. Now they they kept yeah. West Ham quiet, you know. And Norwich City with a win. My God, I never knew I'd say that. I never thought I'd say that in a long time. <laughs> Norwich yeah, City yeah. with a win against Southampton. Um, back-to-back wins, Crystal man. Palace, yeah, even, yeah. They got exactly. back-to-back wins. Yeah, Burnley Crystal Palace with a 3-3 draw and Newcastle and Brentford with a 3-3 draw. Mm. Goals, goals, goals galore. But who yep. can be the one with a solid defence, right? I think Aston Villa looked a bit vulnerable defensively, but on that day, they all worked hard and got the clean sheet. Yeah, and they got the clean sheet. At the bottom of the table, Al, it's going to be the team that, that concedes the less goals. Yeah, you know? yeah I do think so as well. Yeah. Fine, but you have to be defensively solid as well, if not, you know. And, and, and Newcastle are yet to get their first win, right, Al? They're on six draws and six losses right now. You know what would be really funny? It would be really funny for Newcastle with all this takeover and they're going to be the next Man City to only to be relegated this season. Yeah, but so, so I, I mean, they might achieve their objectives. They might win the league next season, just the Division 1, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Sorry, all you Toonies out there. Sorry, sorry, sorry to the two, Toonami, Jordies. Yeah. But it looks like it's going to take a little bit of effort there to get off the bottom yeah. because they haven't won a game this season yet. Right? Yeah, they haven't, yeah. They're yeah. definitely going to have to start winning a few games. So I guess that's all. Roundup for, for, for this week. Who would be your team of the week and player of the week? Huh? I think my team of the week would be... I'm torn between City and Chelsea. I think I'll say City because I think that they were... Just Rolls Royalsing all over the park, and I think my Liverpool player. Fans not really happy with you, huh? Yeah, and no, I mean, I mean, Liverpool were good. They were good, but I mean, it's against Arsenal. I think we kind of would have expected it anyway. But I thought City. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Arsenal. Yeah, well, no, were, I, I don't want to get. I don't want to get an Arsenal fan just back. But I thought City were, were just, yeah. this, this, consistently this, good this, during the game. Exactly. Yeah. This looked yeah. really solid. And who would be your player of the week? Player of the week. That's a funny one. Who would be my player of the week? Player of the week. I'd say, I think I would go with 
think I would go with N'Golo Kante. I think he was really good in the Chelsea game. I thought he was yeah. getting a goal, getting a good goal. I think Kante, Kante would be my player of the week. Who, who's yours? Who's, my, who's your my, my, my team of the week is Chelsea because I feel yeah. that, you know, I think it was a potential banana skin against Leicester there a little bit. But they just look, I mean, every time I watch Chelsea out, like, the only thing is, like, I'm just waiting for them to score because I know they're not yeah. going to Yeah. And I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, Chelsea were the team of the week for me. Yeah. Um, the player of the week for me, I think, was Trent, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Because yeah, I, oh, yeah. Trent, Trent had a damn good game as well. Yeah, yeah right. he had a really good game. I th- and because the thing is, Trent in this game, right, he, he didn't bomb forward as much mm. because mm. there was a defensive vulnerability against West Ham there. And they didn't yeah. want, I think Klopp asked him to, to stay back in that first half. But the times he did get up, his delivery was on point. He's just his yeah. attacking sense. He's just always there, always finds the, the spots. And I think with the two assists, he, he gets player of the week for me, for sure. Yeah. That's a good shot. I guess, I, guess I guess we will leave ham roll of the week for now because there's one ham roll that's no longer here. He's left his job, unfortunately. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to call out the ham But yeah. Yeah, but, so, but Harry Harry Maguire is still playing, man. I mean, he he oh, could, right, he could right, very, right, he could right, very yeah. well, you know, take up captaincy duties for being yeah. Emerald of the Week. Definitely, Emerald of the Week, Fridge of the Week, all kinds. Fridge of, of the Week, yeah, right. cupping ears of the Week, you know, and all <laughs> you, maybe whatever you want. Oh uh, man! All right, so that's been a good show for me, uh, Jerry, and my buddy L. Thank you guys. See you guys, man. Soon. Ciao, ciao. Take care. Sayonara. Thank you.